Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Stride Power Podcast. As always, my name is Evan. Today we are doing another episode with our Stride Ambassadors. Today I am joined by Bella Dot Runs. How are you doing today? Hey Evan, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on. I am really looking forward to hearing all about how you got into running and how you first started using Stride and hearing all about your running journey. Just as a reminder to people, this is going to be part of a multiple episode series with our Stride ambassadors where we get to sort of do a beginning, middle, end about their training journey with Stride. The thing that I always get most excited by is hearing about how other runners got into running and started running. So if I could pose that as the first question, how did you get into running? What does your running history kind of look like? I actually started running with my dad uh, when I was 10 years old. And we'd get dressed up in our running clothes, which look much different than, than they do now. We'd get dressed up, we'd drive to the park and run together, maybe a, a 5k or a little bit more. And we ran together for years. And later I joined the track team in junior high and I was terrible. I was like the worst one, but, but I liked it. Like there was a real joy and peace. And I realized that I liked the longer runs. Um, I took my twenties off of basically everything and then found running again in my thirties and have been running a bit since then. Do you feel like um, that experience maybe in junior high and like, like growing up set some expectations for you when you came back to running? Or did you feel like there was uh, maybe a difference when you started running, uh, you know, back later in life after taking, yeah, some of those years off? Do you feel like you came back to it with the expectations that, oh, I got to go out and, you know, do the organized practice and stuff like that? Or do you feel like you had a different type of viewpoint as you came back to running? I think as a kid, it was just, you know, just running for fun. They were junk miles with no expectations. Uh, if you measured a run, it was with a pedometer that mm -hmm. used to flop up and down on your, on your belt, like you'd clip it onto your pants. So you really didn't have anything um, for accuracy back then. It was just running. Mm -hmm. But then in my 30s, when I went back, I was um, using Nike Run Club on an iPod. And you plugged in a receiver on the iPod and you had a chip on your shoe, which is funny because I think the stride foot pod, I've gone full circle now back with the, with the pod on my shoe. But then in my 30s, uh, as an analyst, I'm obsessed with data, and I was so excited to have a way to measure my runs and plan them out and, and find um, maybe benefits or, or PRs or, you know, maybe I went a little bit longer one day. And I, that's something you didn't have in the beginning. So I think the data maybe drove me to be more organized and have a plan. And, yeah. I mean, obviously, technology has evolved since then, uh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's interesting to me um, because if you're you're data oriented and coming back into running after taking some time off, what was your 
general training structure. You mentioned the Nike Run Club app and then uh, running yeah, with, with an iPod. And now everybody has what it seems like, uh, you know, GPS watch or they have um, different apps that they use and stuff like that. But what was the general training structure for you when you were coming back to running and how did you feel about that structured training? Um, so this is a little bit cringy, but all of my runs were junk miles and I ran every run at the same pace, mm. which I thought was a fast pace. Mm -hmm. And if I was training for a race, maybe I needed a half marathon. Um, I would just start increasing the miles. It was only about the number of miles. So I would feel comfortable at the starting line that I knew I could do that many, but my heart rate was always maxed. Mm -hmm. My pace was always as fast as it could go. And I generally didn't feel good after these runs. I was worn out, tired. Um, it's ultimately like non-productive and unproductive as Garmin would say. Mm -hmm. And I, I just didn't have any idea that I needed to have slower runs. Uh, I didn't do speed work. I knew it existed. I just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I basically just ran those miles that on race day, I would try to go faster than the last time. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like having those, yeah, th those guides as like pace and heart rate and then, yeah, trying to like run as fast as you could comfortably or semi-uncomfortably every single day? Did you feel like that was rewarding or did you just feel like that was like the easiest sort of thing to default to? Because I feel like a lot of people before they find some sort of training plan structure that has variety or has recovery days, but then also intense days, some longer runs, some shorter runs and stuff. It just maybe isn't in the front of your mind to have that variation and stuff. Did you just feel like it was maybe easier to default to those sort of faster runs every single day? I think I just didn't even know there was an alternative to it. Mm. It never crossed my mind that I should ever run slower because I thought it might bring my pace down on race day. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't see the benefit and I, I run because I love to run. And maybe that is how I reconnect from those runs of my childhood that I just love it. And I, I check out into my own world and it, it's the joy of running that gets me out there every day. But I don't think the runs were, were as good as they can be now because I was, tired and used up all of the time with the junk mile fast method. Right. I feel like the next groundbreaking metric in the running world is quantifying the joy that you have when you're, when you're out there running yeah. and stuff. And whoever can crack that is, is going to be uh, the, the, the forefront industry leader. Were you training for specific races? You mentioned getting to start line for like a half marathon and then trying to run faster on race day. What was your approach to finding races or races you were targeting at that time? Honestly, um, I loved my hometown race, the Gasparilla. Mm -hmm. um, there was a full marathon in 2008. I did do that race as my first full. And actually, um, this is terrible. It was only my third race I had ever done. And it was a full marathon. <laughs> so you, you probably know how that went. <laughs> But I did it, but I did it and I loved it. And that was the last year they did the full. And I've done 21 half marathons. Um, probably 10 of them were at Gasparilla. Mm -hmm. So every year that was just the plan 
to go do that Gasparilla half marathon. And I love, like, I grew up on those streets. I know the course so well. And, and I just would show up on race day and try to do better than I did the previous year. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's ebbs and flows with training and life and injuries and kids and everything. But that was just the goal, just to try to do better. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you enjoyed the sense of comparison you could make knowing that you had a sort of like similar course and you knew what to expect when it came to race day there was no surprises about like oh you know I have to go here and there's a hill I wasn't expecting and stuff but the to have that hometown race that you can you can do that seems like a good reliable goal to target each and every year was that maybe a a driver behind running that race just because it was a sense of like normalcy in a training and racing schedule but definitely i would have last year's finish time in my head or the pr in my head and you know you have your course pr and your overall pr but currently my overall pr is on that course Mm. Uh, but tampa uh the weather varies quite a bit that race can be 40 or 50 degrees or mm-hmm. 80 degrees. Right. So sometimes that plays a role too, but I'm obsessed with the data. I do. I look at my pace. I look at the weather. Um, now with the stride data, I'm looking at my heart rate and, and other things to compare to. Mm-hmm. That is interesting and a perfect segue actually too. So you had the history growing up, going out for easy runs at, at the park. You had the you know, sort of a competitive atmosphere uh, growing up in school too, took a little bit of time off, came back to it, used apps like the Nike Run Club, and then you started training for uh, halves, fulls, even if it was your your third race. So obviously not shy to try a bunch of different things. And you just mentioned running with Stride. What was your experience maybe hearing about Stride for the first time and what maybe push you over the edge to give it a try or convince you to lean a little bit more into that side of the data? So I had a little bit of downtime. Um, 2020 was my year of running, I think. I, I was working from home, so I had a little bit more free time. And that was always what I said kept me from running more, is that I didn't have the time. And by the fall of 2020, I was training for an ultra marathon, And I... I was following a Hal Higdon plan, but following it miles wise with no easy runs, mm. really. And that plan has back to back long runs, um, right. maybe 20 miles on a Saturday and 10 on a Sunday or vice versa to get you used to running on tired legs. Right. But really, um, not every runner is created equal, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm. I'm a woman, maybe I'm older, maybe I have calcium issues, iron issues, sleep, you name it. But I was out there trying to do every, everything that that plan said with no variation. Mm-hmm. And I broke, uh, I fractured my sacrum. And really it's because I didn't give my body any time to rest. Maybe if all of the runs weren't so intense, I could have gotten away with it. Uh, if those runs were at easy pace, I, now I see like by watching my running stress balance that you can add more easy miles and you really, you can add a lot before mm-hmm. it makes a difference. Um, but I, I learned when I broke my sacrum and had a lot of free time 
to just browse on Instagram, look at my friends that are, that are still out there doing things. I saw people using Stride and I had all of the time in the world to read about it, to go to the website, to research. I joined the Facebook group and I could see day to day um, people telling their experience of, you know, this was the Stride race prediction and this is what I had, um, which was something else that fascinated me. When you know that you want to PR on race day, you know what pace you need to run, um, but you don't know if you can maintain a pace for that amount of time. Like, mm -hmm. can, can I run a 10 minute mile for, for two hours? Um, but with Stride, you actually do know because you've got the proof in your, in your data. Um, so I, I thought, you know, this, this Stride is gonna help me learn to run fast when I need to, but also keep me easy on the easy days. Uh, and so far that's the biggest challenge with it um, to not go too fast. Mm -hmm. And I've had, I've tried different things on my watch. I've had it set up to vibrate, to beep. Um, now, like I'll, I'll look at my watch and I'll, I can, I know what, what the effort feels like. And I pretty much get it right most of the time. And I'll just check on it maybe once every two or three minutes. But I wanted the stride to help keep me out of trouble, mm. um, to, to monitor my power, to make sure that, that my runs have a purpose, that they're not just junk and they're not going to injure me. And I know if I, if I do what it says, I'll be okay. And my running stress balance is proof of that. Mm -hmm. That's, it's so interesting to me because uh, like we were talking about earlier, usually every single runner that goes out there runs at that moderate, that kind of gray zone intensity where it's not super specific to, uh, you know, running close to a threshold workout or a critical power workout, like faster. It's not slow enough to promote that recovery. And exactly like you say, lower that running stress, but let you stack a ton of volume there. But it's almost harder to do the hard workouts and the easy workouts than to do everything in the middle. And that's kind of exactly what you're saying too. Did you find yourself trying stride training plans? Did you just tack, you know, stride on your shoe and hook it up to your watch and just kind of do what you were doing? What was your kind of experience uh, leaning into incorporating running power and kind of your mindset shifting into that? I jumped right into a training plan. I, mm. I did the two week introduction and I, I did, uh, actually what I really liked about it is that it's flexible, that you can move the runs on your calendar to have um, you know, your runs on specific days of the week. Mm -hmm. And maybe it took me a little bit longer than the first 10 days. Um, but I, I loved it because I, I'm, I'm a data oriented person. I'm a planner. I love um, how the training plan goes into the stride calendar uh, and that I pull it in on my watch and mm -hmm. it's just like easy and right there. No, but I, I'm definitely a training plan person. Yeah. And when you're suggested or told, hey, here's what you should do. Here's why you should do it. It's spec like specific to you uh, based on that past data and stuff. It's 
almost reassuring and it makes you not have to guess. And it's the same sort of mindset you were talking about heading into race day. Why would you ever guess about how hard you should run? But when you can do that every single day and say, oh, I know the exact intensity I should run, that's uh, a very welcome thing in in running, um, I, I feel like. So you mentioned you dove right in to a stride training plan. Are you following one right now? And do you have a goal race that you're training for right now? Yes, actually, I'm on my first 10K training plan. I've done the marathon and half marathon in the past. Mm -hmm. And 10K is not my usual distance. I, I think I'm a longer, slower runner. But I've done more 5Ks the past two years because after COVID, I just wanted any race I could get my hands on mm -hmm. and 5k like, okay, you can, you can run fast, but for that distance, 10k, I want to run almost as fast, but for twice the distance. And that's not something I figured out yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm using this 10k plan for the rap river run, which is coming up in June. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I'm hoping to PR at this race. I haven't got a lot of 10Ks under my belt, but but it's looking what, good so far. Yeah, what's your experience and maybe some of the main differences you notice between marathon? Because the the, the marathon, half marathon, it is a, a, a significant distance. Um, I would argue that, uh, you know, 13 miles is a long run for pretty much everybody and 26 miles is typically the longest run people do unless you're training specifically for an ultra but exactly like you mentioned 5k it's that short fast you know feeling where you can hurt but you can hurt for a manageable amount of time 10k you're backing off just right. slightly and you're holding your hand on the stove almost for, for for the whole race what is your uh you know experience so far and noticing the differences between those types of plans whether it's easy days workouts long runs what's your kind of experience with that so the, the long run, like the half marathon, where you just maybe, maybe you're present for the first three miles and then you just mentally check out mm -hmm. and run and run. And maybe a mile or so before the end, you see what you've got left in the bank and mm -hmm. you go for it. 10K is so much different to me. Uh, like for a 5K, you're going to stay present and you're going to be watching your pace. Right. constantly for 10. I mean, you can't do that the entire time. For me, it's about an hour. You, mm -hmm. you cannot do that for a whole hour, mm -hmm. but you have to have a plan and know how fast that effort is. Right. And check in, but maybe not as often as you would in a 5k to right. keep going. Right. So I, it is a real challenge for me. I, I think it's, it's harder for me to, to pull off this fast 10k than, than to do a fast five or, or a half. Mm -hmm. How many weeks are you into the plan right now? You mentioned your goal race is in June. Have you found the, the weeks that you're in so far to be enjoyable in the sort of difference in the, the, the workouts initially? Um, I'm actually just now getting to the fun stuff. Um, mm. I started my plan a little bit early um, just because of where a half marathon ended and where the 10 K race was on my schedule. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to have nothing. So I went ahead and started the 10 K and just stretched it out to be a little bit longer. So mm -hmm. I think I'm around day 25. Mm -hmm. um, and the first few weeks that it added were mostly 
base miles. Um, and of course it doesn't take into account, I just ran a half marathon. It needs, you know, it's giving me something as if I were starting from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I do um, add a little bit of volume on those easy runs where I can fit them in, where it's not going to compromise my productivity or my running stress balance. Um, but right now I just did a time trial and I'm getting to the strides. Uh, I love strides. Mm. Um, that's like a game to me. Um, and actually I configured my watch where I don't let it bother me um, on my critical power unless actually I have it display when it's out of range, mm -hmm. um, the green and the red or the, the blue and the red. Um, but when I'm changing in my intervals, I have it set up to vibrate. So I feel my watch vibrate. It counts down from five to one. I see what's coming up and um, I can actually see it in the stride app, which is amazing because I don't run with glasses on, but I, I'll run that. And I know I don't have to look at my watch. I'll, maybe I'll glance to make sure I'm not running too fast for it. And then I can just focus on running fast and safely not, not trip over anything or whatever. Cause sometimes these in intervals are intense and I'm going really fast for my body. Right. And then I don't have to even worry about it until I feel my watch vibrate again. And then I know I've got five more seconds of that. Mm -hmm. And then I've got to really, really slow down Right. where it feels like ridiculously slow down. And then it's like, okay. Mm -hmm. Like we're it's the, fun though. Yeah. We're the stride. So you mentioned it's like a game and I honestly feel the exact same way. The, the experience I love is the exact same thing you're talking about where you get that countdown and it, almost feels like a mini race experience when yeah. you're in training and you're like, okay, start line, finish line. I know I just have, yeah, five more seconds once that watch vibrates and stuff. Do you feel yourself getting more comfortable and finding enjoyment out of those like shorter, more intense sessions? If it would be something you might not have incorporated in the past type of uh, training plans, do you feel yourself enjoying that faster, higher velocity? Running? I love the speed work days. I really do. I look forward to them. Um, I had one this week and I was questioning whether or not I should do it because I, I had a long run two days before I had a road trip where I was driving for six hours. My legs were tired. They felt like lead and I had like four hours of sleep, mm -hmm. uh, struggling with, with st sleep issues too. Uh, but I had this run on the calendar and I know I could have rescheduled it, but I thought these strides today are going to make me feel better and have a good day. And I went out there and I did that. And I mean, it was the greatest thing. Like it, it boosts your mood and you feel like, like you feel used up at the end, you're like you're done, but it feels, it's such a good tired that you right. have at the end of this. It's a purposeful amount of intensity that's almost like the, the perfect amount to deplete you a little bit, but then also give you that confidence for the next time you do it, you can yeah. do the exact um, same sort of thing. So you like the strides. Is there any other type of workout that is your favorite or a workout in the stride workout library um, or a workout from past training plans that you like? What's your go-to sort of workout that you really enjoy? I mean, it's got to be strides and intervals, but um, I do want to mention I love the time trials. Those mm -hmm. are very exciting, and they push me. They they push me to run 
faster than I would run in training just to see if I can increase my critical power. And I, I get that boost too. And then like, it helps me overall have an accurate percentage of my critical power going forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I do try to throw those in here and there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they act like speed work for me too in my plan. Totally. Do you feel like it's also maybe a little bit of that mental workout where if, you know, you're doing a normal training plan and it's 12 weeks long, you start off, like, like you mentioned, usually people will do a goal race, take a couple weeks easy and then start another training plan, but their goal race is so far out. It's three or four months down the road and you don't get that sort of scenario where you almost have that starting line, finishing line, like a time trial is supposed to not necessarily be all out, all out, but it is supposed to be a fitness check and it's supposed yeah. to make you feel confident and stuff. Do you feel like that mental uh, strain and that mental workout is, is helpful too, to make you feel confident that you can do a hard effort in training? Oh, absolutely. And get to the start line? Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you might lose your fitness in between mm -hmm. or, or at least think you did. Right. Right. And, and that that's a confidence booster that it's still there. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, mentioned being able to look down at your watch and see a uh, blue, green, or red, or have the vibration. What is your watch setup or your, or your running setup when you're, when you're out there running? Do you have a specific type of watch you use? And do you have a specific uh, setup that you're using with Stride? So I have the Garmin Phoenix 6S. Um, and you'll probably see this on Instagram sometimes. I have a bling ring around the bezel with the mm. little jewels on it. So you have to look for that. So when I'm doing intervals or stride training or something where there's multiple laps and, and different things going on, I use the stride app in my Garmin. Mm. And I just, I prefer that. Um, the numbers are big. I can see them. I can understand it. Um, I'll load those workouts. I'll fetch them. I'll view it just so I know what I'm getting into. Um, Sometimes you'll do, do a training where it's like 18 laps and you're like, oh my God, like what, what is this? And, you know, maybe it's 18 minutes of easy to warm you up mm -hmm. and then like eight sets of, of a minute on or off. Um, and then, you know, whatever change to get you to run home easy to recover, actually mm -hmm. even easier. So I like the stride app for that. Um, I've experimented with different settings where I used to have it beep and i think beeping isn't good because i run with my music and mm -hmm. i don't necessarily hear it vibrating was good but then i was having it vibrate when i went out of range mm -hmm. and in the beginning i was always out of range mm -hmm. like it was just i i had to train myself to run slow enough to not to not blow the top end of that so i i have it set up where i feel the vibration when i'm changing um, from lap to lap mm -hmm. where it'll tell me it's coming. It'll tell me what's coming up and when to start it and in between. And I just visually look for the cues to see if it's red, if I'm going too fast, if it's blue, if I'm going too slow. And there are certain parts of my run where I, I know that I always violate my ranges when I'm running up a hill, right. but I'm like, whatever, I'm going to be running down that hill in a minute. Like it's, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. I check the average lap power in the bottom right corner against um, that top range number of the critical power on mm -hmm. the right. 
um, just to make sure like you can violate it a little bit here and there, but I try to stay, stay in the range. So I like that it's flexible with that. Um, but the stride app is, is my go-to anytime there are different things to do. Right. If, if I'm just running an easy recovery run um, where I know, and I, I'll look on my stride calendar and see, I just need to do, you know, an easy few miles. I might just use the, the Garmin run function where I've added that number from my stride critical power. It's the top field on my watch and I can see it. Um, the craziest thing is I don't usually see my pace and I don't care. Like it doesn't really matter as much to me anymore. Maybe I want to know the distance. So I turn around and don't do too many miles, but, mm. but pace is a number that I removed. Do you feel like that was a change you were expecting or was that something no. that you weren't even thinking would be possible? No, it's crazy. And it actually, the, the whole different paces still blows my mind that you can train slow and do good on race day. And I was just telling a friend um, recently after a race, like most of my training runs were above 10 minute miles. They were 10s, they were 11s. Uh, some days they were even 12s, but I still ran a 930 pace on race day. And how can you train so long and so slow, but still bring it at the race? And actually that's everything to me because I'm not risking getting hurt during my training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I want to ask now too, you've mentioned it a couple of times, so I think I might know your leading answer, but do you have a favorite part of the Stride ecosystem, whether that's the mobile app or the web-based power center or your, your watch, a favorite feature that you like to look at? So you do know the answer to this because <laughs> I'm obsessed with the running stress balance. Mm-hmm because I really need to see uh, what impact these runs are having on my body. Um, sometimes I use them to see, can I get away with adding a little bit, a little bit of mileage to this run? Like I see some things on my calendar, but I feel like I can do a little bit more, or maybe I just need a mental health run. I need to run a little bit longer. Um, it's not unusual for me to just pull like, like last Monday, I decided I needed to run a half marathon after work mm -hmm. because I had a really crazy work day. So I saw it. It didn't look like it was going to destroy me based on my running stress balance. I did it and I adjusted my week after that to account for it. But at least I had some numbers going in mm -hmm. and it wasn't just, you know, completely crazy going out there to do it. Mm -hmm. If you had a friend that you were talking to about the same exact thing, and they were asking you to elaborate a little bit on running stress balance and maybe how you feel about it. How would you explain to them it's different than just tracking maybe your weekly mileage? Because the example that I always love to give is that, you know, I could run a 10 mile easy run, right? Or I could run 10 times one mile repeat at my 10K intensity, and it's the same mileage. It's the same volume, but obviously everybody knows that that intensity is yeah. so, so different. So how would you maybe explain to a friend that, you know, they should consider thinking about that stress that they're putting on their body and how running stress balance might give them a little bit more of that information? That's a hard one because visually seeing it in the graph, mm -hmm. 
it's very easy to understand. Sure. Um, I know that you can basically run an easy run forever, not forever, but really, really, really far before mm -hmm. it starts impacting your running stress balance. And you do see how high the number is in your training plan. When you're doing speed work, you'll have that number, like it's estimating for that particular workout, what it's going to do. Um, but knowing that you only have to do one or maybe two days of those high intensity speed work runs and that you have all of this room in your graph um, to do the, the easier, you can get that volume. Like I need the volume, mm -hmm. not, not necessarily anything else, but I, I can get that volume and the speed work mm -hmm. and still not put myself at risk for injury. Um, but really visualizing it is the only thing I, I would show the person the graph. I don't even think I could explain it properly, just right. how much you can get away with at, at lower paces, mm -hmm. but how productive the fast runs can be. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm not just keeping myself from injury. I have gotten faster and I have PR'd, mm -hmm. but I've been running safer and more responsibly, I think. Right. What are you hoping to gain from this 10K training plan? Do you have a goal in mind or a hope for, you know, you, you gaining something in your running, whether it's fitness, a new PR, a new understanding of what you could do in training and unlocking maybe that next step um, and like echelon that you can uh, move into for training. But what are you, what are you hoping to gain out of this training plan? Uh, probably a few things. I, I would like to PR. Um, that is pretty easy because I haven't done that many 10Ks. This is relatively a new distance for me. But I would like to like running this 10K distance. Mm -hmm. I think this is a like a test for me just to try to push my 5K pace a little bit longer. Not quite, but but really close to it. And of course, I want to get to the train or to the starting line not broken. And in one piece, I do not want to get hurt from running ever again. Mm -hmm. But I still want to improve improve my pace and improve my race times. Yeah, absolutely. The final few questions um, I have for you, the first being, uh, if people want to follow along with your running journey, where can they find you? Do you have social media where you post about running and stuff? Where can people kind of keep in, in tune with that? I'm on Instagram and my account is bella.runs. B-E-L-A dot runs. And the dot so, is very important. The dot is important. Um, shout out to my daughter at University of Florida and her friends who follow my running and they call me Bella dot runs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that. Um, the second to last question I have is when we revisit you uh, and more through your training plan, do you have a question you'd like to ask yourself and have yourself uh, answer, whether it's a check-in on how your training plan is going, something along those lines. Do you have a question you'd like to pose for your future self? Well, um, unrelated to training for my Rap River Run, I also have a race this weekend at Disney, the Tower of Terror 10-miler. And this will be my fifth time running this race. Uh, the race used to be a 13K, 
And it used to start at 10 o'clock at night, mm. which I absolutely love because it ends at the Tower of Terror in Hollywood Studios. And it's just great. And I'm a daytime runner, a lunchtime runner, or an evening runner. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've rescheduled this race to be in the spring and in the morning. And the race starts at 5 a.m. And we're getting on our bus at 3.45 a.m. Uh, but I still want to PR. And I don't know if I can do that on only a few hours of sleep. Mm. So I guess my question <laughs> for next time is if I did PR my Tower of Terror race based on all of those factors that are against me on race day. Right. I, I feel like the scary part is the wake up for, for yeah. that run and the, the alarm clock you have to set. That That's enough uh, terror um, for, for, for me. The last wrap-up question we have is, uh, what questions do you have for us? Is there anything about Stride, training with Stride, any other features that you're curious about and you have any questions, we like to be able to turn it and let you ask a question of us if you have any burning questions for us about uh, Stride in general. So when when choosing a training plan, you have options. Uh, you, you choose your race date and you choose the number of days per week that you want to run. And I believe I chose five or six, I think six days a week. Mm -hmm. And it ended up as a low volume. Mm -hmm. And then there was a a high volume, which is seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what I would like, because what I'm, what I'm doing manually um, in my head and by making calculations based on my running stress balance, a way to increase the volume of my plan, perhaps tell the plan I want to average around a hundred miles a month or say like increase it by 30% or 50% Mm -hmm. or plug in a number where it automatically applies it to that whole plan and just press okay and it's done. Right, Right. yeah, I can say we do have some great training plan updates in the works right now that the Stride team is working on and stuff like that is something that we hear a lot of comments about. But the one thing that I always love to reiterate is that everybody at Stride is a runner. Everybody at Stride like runs with stuff. And so when we hear people like yourself talking about the same exact things that we're thinking and trying to improve upon, that is so reassuring that we're in line, not only being runners and working on things that we think other runners uh, would like, but it's yeah, super reassuring to know that the things we kind of have in mind to update is, you know, forefront in your mind about something you'd like to see too. So I can say that there are some fantastic training plan updates uh, in the works for for the future that we're so pumped about and so, so excited um, to be able to uh, deliver on in the future. Uh, That wraps it up for this episode. I want to thank you so much for taking the time and talking. I feel inspired every single time I sit down to talk to a Stride user and I feel like going out the door for for a run like immediately every single time. I'm so excited to be able to check in after this weekend and see if you did in fact PR at the very, very early start uh, for, (laughs) for, for the 10 miler. 
and we're pumped to be able to follow your journey. Again, you plugged your social media and we will drop that in the description um, and stuff as well. And people can continue to check in on your running. For now, that wraps up this episode. Thanks so much again for coming on. Thank you, Evan. Nice talking to you.